So I remember specifically when it changed for him. You know, he was a player that just constantly abused himself verbally. Constant, you sucked. Constant, you're not good enough. Why did you hit that shot? What is wrong with you? And, you know, I came in and we started talking about, well, what if I said this to you? And he looked at me like, what do you mean? And I said, well, let's play this out. And I started listing off all of the things in his practice. And when he was um, practicing and performing, I started just yelling him all the stuff he does himself. So I started saying, you suck. You're not good enough. Why are you hitting these shots? And the transformation was like incredible because it put him into like, you have to start fighting back. But the issue is when we're not aware of what we're really saying to ourselves, we don't let ourselves kind of get back into that battle mode and into a strong mode that protects our self-image. So he had to start like lashing back and saying, no, I am good enough. I got this. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. It's a fight mode, right? To the point where you push someone hard enough, they'll probably want to hit you. So we go through this training like this and I just saw the transformation which was incredible and now we just feel the fire like like I am that good every time I hit a good shot like I am that good I reminded him of Muhammad Ali of just constantly like I am the greatest I am the greatest and he said that before he was like you don't have to wait until you win or to shoot great scores to start talking to yourself in the right way and believing in yourself and he ran with us Right, so when he gets into his next event, his next round, and it was a total different thing. And he even said afterwards, you know, I just every shot, the more I said like that's how I play, the better I felt. And more importantly, he started recognizing it in all the other players playing against. So now he's like, I have this advantage because I am so much more confident and I know what I'm doing, I know how I'm talking to myself, and these players are all here beating themselves down and I'm out here kicking their butt. So this transformation is huge. And in this episode, we're going to go over the power of self-talk and everything you need to know about that. That's coming up right now. Welcome to the Go Low Show, where it's about golf, grit, and your pursuit of greatness. My name is Kyle Alderink, and I am your co-host, along with my man, John Weir, mental game coach extraordinaire. And in this podcast, we're going to show you everything that you need to know about how to go low in your golf game. And we're excited to bring you that show right now. Expect anything different? Is it his time? Yeah! Seen anything like that? Well, here it comes. All right, it's time to go. All right, John. So we just heard in the story about self-talk, and why don't you take us a little deeper into what it is? Because we hear a lot about self-talk, and again, it's more and more about it. But you know, take us really into what self-talk is and how it, why it matters. Well, self-talk is the internal dialogue that's always going on inside of our head, and it's the way we talk to ourselves throughout the day. Now, if you look at some of the experts out there, they conclude that we have maybe 50 to 80,000 thoughts per day, and depends on how deep of a thinker you are will determine kind of that number. Now, the unfortunate thing about these 50 to 80,000 thoughts is most experts conclude that 80% of them are negative in nature. 
So it does take an extra effort to be a positive person, especially based upon the science. But the self-talk is the words that we use in the internal dialogue always going on. This is different than affirmations. An affirmation would be kind of a statement that we're declaring or saying something specific. But self-talk is, is this constant interaction that we're going on. And so it's a really important thing that we start cleaning up our self-talk because we talked about the self-image and the things that we say and the words that we use inadvertently are either helping us or pulling our self-image into a different direction. And so learning to clean up some of the words that we're using in our self-talk can make a huge difference in the results that we produce in life. Now, just going to say again, this is not a simple thing. I will tell you, you have to be a mentally tough person in order to have positive self-talk. It's so tough, in fact, that the Navy SEALs, maybe the most amazing special force operation in the world of all time, on their four pillars of mental toughness, self-talk control is a part of it. So this isn't just for anybody out there, but if you're one of those strong ones out there or you want to be the best at what you can be, this program's for you, and this is going to get you started on the right path towards that. Right on. You know, so there's... um there's definitely some a list of words we'll give the users that that are predominant. Uh, we'll call them negative programming words, but you know probably the top on this list is don't <laughs> in any category. Uh, don't you know swing like this? Don't hit it out of bounds. Don't hit it in the water. Don't miss this putt. Um, it's again, it's so easy for that to pop up, you know, because at the end of the day, we're worried about if we don't get that goal that we want of making the putt or whatever, then how are we going to feel about ourselves? You know, and again, that's just kind of the, the stuff that tends to happen in our mind. So it's like, don't miss this. Don't miss this. Um, you know, I can't miss this. I can't screw this up as one. Um, hope is another one. You know, I hope I can play well in this tournament. You know, when you say hope, it's, you're basically saying, I have no confidence I can do it. Is <laughs> the way I look at it. It's like, I hope the coronavirus is freaking gone by tomorrow, but truth is, is it's probably not going to happen. Like, I don't believe that's going to happen, unfortunately. Um, I'm trying to is another interesting one. Like, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to swing this way. I'm trying to play at this level. Um, you know, again, if you're trying to do it, you're just, you're not on the path to do it is again, um, you know, need, should are all other ones. Um, you know, I should have made that. I mean, there's just, there's a long list of these words, but again, just off the top is don't, can't, um, are two just big ones. And, and another one I like throwing is wrong too. Like again, when we were talking about in a previous episode of, you know, what am I doing wrong? Like getting all of those out and bad, you know, that was bad. I did this bad. I do this bad are um, just kind of the list of words I like users to be aware of. Yeah. So let's let's go keep on with that, because words and language are something I've studied for a long time. So what's going on with don't do and don't really mean the same thing. So when you say, hey, don't think of your golf bag or don't think of that slice mental image, this mental image is going to guide performance, whether we're aware of it or not. And so we want to make a shift to speaking in terms of what we do want. When I hear my guy say can't, Kyle, what I say is, is you either don't know how to or you don't want to. So if you don't know how to, you can learn. If you don't want to, hey, well, hey, don't do the lesson or don't do the practice because you're not going to make that much progress, right? So we want to say immediately, is it that I don't know how to or don't want to? 
If you don't know how, go learn. Now we're making action steps and we're not negatively conditioning our self-image, saying we can't. We're putting a limit. I like your idea with hoping. I always use the example, if you go into the doctor's office, they go, hey, we don't know what's wrong with you. We hope we can figure it out. Or you go to a mechanic and they put the brakes on the car. We say, we hope we installed it right. Hoping is weak. It's weak word. We want to change that to knowing. I hope I get off the tee. I hope I play well. I know I'll play well because I'm prepared. I know I'm going to do well because I have my routine defined. I know this is a much more powerful place. And if you're following along at home with some of these words, you can feel the difference inside. There's a big difference when I say I know I can versus I hope I can. Another weak one, if, if, if I can, if I do it, if I make this putt, change it to when, when I. Now we have power behind it. Now our self-image is having a lot more strength. and We're using our words to foster greater confidence. Get rid of should. I always tell my players, quit shooting on yourself. You can never feel good with the word should. And need also implies stress. How about I need to? Oh, who wants to do anything they need to do? When you say I need to make this putt, yeah, I need to pay my bills. Don't want to. I need to do the chores and take out the trash my wife wants me to do. Don't always want to. You need to do homework and all these things. There's a stress implied with that. I want to make this putt. I know I can. This type of language changes the way we feel. It changes the way we move. And just to just get one more last point across real quickly, your thoughts in these words do influence everything. We use a simple acronym called TFAR, Thoughts, Feelings, Actions, Results. You start that chain of results with, I can't do this. Well, what type of feeling does that give you? When you have a negative feeling, what type of actions are you going to take? And when that negative action is taken, what type of results can we expect? If we started with saying, hey, I know I can, Wow, there's a whole different thing that fills me with confidence. When I'm confident, my action's different. And with that confident action produces a different result. So I know I kind of went a little long-winded there, but man, these words can make such a difference if we can start taking control and reframing and putting in some new words. Well, for sure. You know, because one thing that's really, I think, important to understand too is that, you know, we really can only consciously think of one thing at a time. You know, the subconscious is more designed to multitask and stuff, but if we can only consciously think of one thing, we can control where that goes, you know, especially when we're aware of that. So on the golf course, I mean, you have an option. You can either choose to go, I don't want to be out of bounds, or I want to be on the right half of the fairway, and this is where I'm going to get. You know, I mean, it's not it's not going to be both. Right. <laughs> it's going to be one or the other. You can, you can think... I don't want to miss this putt. Are you going to think like this thing's going to break out here? Like if I start the ball here and then it curves and it's going to go on this side of the hole and you create this plan and picture for yourself and you choose to commit to that. Again, I'm going to go back to, cause we're going to say this a lot in every episode. You have to practice doing this. Like you have to practice doing this every single time you practice. Because again, if you get out there and you haven't tested doing this, your, your unpreparedness is going to show out And you're going to be doubtful and you're going to think, oh, no, don't miss. But when we practice seeing how we want shots to go and we take that time to do that uh, visualization, I guess, if you want to call it, or just that level of planning is huge. But you got to understand that you are in direct control of your thoughts. But like you said, it's you're going to fight yourself for a while because we are negative in nature 
And that's, I mean, it's just based off of basically evolution, right? I mean, back in the caveman era, you had to be kind of like very uh, paranoid because you might get eaten by a freaking jungle tiger. So you had to be always thinking of the worst. So that's kind of how our brains were developed. But now we don't really have that. Now it's just a matter of, am I going to make or miss this putt? But our negative side tends to want to take over. But if you learn how to control your thoughts and understand you are in control of those, you can start to see things in that more of what I want to do. It doesn't mean you're always going to do it, but it's going to give you a much higher percentage chance. I think that's important to understand, too. Yeah, there's a great quote onto that point where Tella had said, he goes, look, the correlation between positive thinking and success isn't 100%. But the correlation between negative and the other is pretty close to 100, right? Like. Sure. You know, if you're going negative places, you're going to get the, re- you're not going to get the results. But just thinking positive doesn't ensure it. But again, going back to our success formula we talked about, if we're positive like this, we're always going to be moving in that right direction. We're either going to get it done or we're going to get educated. And I kind of want to go into some of the training now with how do we kind of take control? Because you're right. We have to do this even in practice. We have to start training ourselves to have some consistency in the way that we speak to ourselves in the vocabulary of a champion, practice using it and clearing out the rest of it. I'll also say sometimes changing a thought by itself can be rather difficult, especially if you're trying to use like some affirmation format where you're saying, I'm a confident golfer. Well, we talked about the self-image. If that self-image isn't aligned with that, oftentimes it can hit a filter. So one way we can get around that filter rather than using just kind of affirmations is using good questions. Questions are so powerful. Because questions are basically setting the Google in your mind to go seek and find. And as that old adage says, asking you shall find. Look, so if you put in your mind, you know, what am I feeling good about? Well, we go on a search and start becoming a good finder. But questions aren't rejected, right? What can I learn in this situation is better than saying, why do I keep screwing up? Or, hey, I'm a confident golfer. No, you're not. You can say, well, okay, I'm improving. What am I learning here? What's one positive thing I'm learning? Well, now your mind's going on the search. And so, and if we look at the question you had mentioned before, the negative one players ask is like, what if? Well, think about how the mind goes and searches and finds out all these questions. Or why am I such a lousy golfer, right? Well, your brain will come up with millions of reasons, real or unreal, to support that type of question. So employ questions in your practice. What is my target? What is the right thing to do here? What are my steps? How will I handle it? But if you use questions or even to elicit things to make you feel confident, it's going to be easier to get to those points. Yeah, that's uh, that's a really good point. That really leads us right into our, you know, base of the training segment of this and what players can do. And, you know, learning the art of reframing and taking these um, these thoughts that pop up into our heads and just putting them into a more of a productive light is huge. Um, what you said is just what can I learn from this is, is such a big one. You know, and, and looking at, you know, it's really the opportunity threat thing where you can look at things as a threat or you can look at them as an opportunity. So one really big reframe or even just a way of thinking that I love to share with players is that, and this is just how I've always thought, honestly, but, you know, I typically believe that things average out. So if I miss hit a shot, then I really believe I'm way more likely on the next one to hit it great. Where a lot of players could hit a poor shot and think that they're basically about to derail, like it's going to keep 
domino effecting, right? They're going to keep hitting worse shots and worse shots. And sometimes they do because they believe that and they start trying harder and overthinking what they're trying to do. But I truly believe if I miss, like my next one, I have such a better chance to hit a great shot. Or if I have a bad hole, my next one could be just amazing. If I had two bogeys in a row, I might have three or four birdies in a row. Like that's just, just the way I, I truly believe um, will happen. And when I don't freak out or if I believe that, and it does happen a lot, if I have a couple of mistakes, like a lot of times really great stuff happens, but I'm prepared now. I'm over the shot. Like this could be one of the best shots I've ever hit in my life, you know, and that's a whole different feel than, oh my God, I just missed. I could screw this up and then I'm going to screw that up. And then it's going to be this whole spiral effect. So that's like an example of reframing, but it's really taking situations like a big tournament Instead of going, oh my God, this is a big tournament. I hope I don't screw up. Like, this is a big tournament. This is my chance to really show what I can do. Like, it's the same same thing, but you're looking at it like this is an opportunity. Right. But, and, and you, on to that point, though, you have to have an awareness to mm-hmm. even be able to do that. So, step one, I think, is catching yourself and saying, well, I'm saying I'm hoping I'm in a weak state where I said what I don't want to do and I'm establishing an avoidance strategy. So I think like being able to bring this onto your awareness, step one in any transformation process is awareness. So in order to reframe, you got to level that awareness up. One of the ones I like to do with the reframing is to say the most memorable shots usually come after a bad one, right? Like most Mm -hmm. memorable birdies I've ever made have always followed after a poor tee shot or a poor swing. And so we can Mm -hmm. constantly be using our language to reframe it, but you got to be on the lookout for your self-talk. You got to catch and correct huge huge skill we kind of call it like mental fishing you got to find what's got to catch it and hook it in reel it back and and shift it over okay so there in in self-talk there is some ways that we can train our mind and one of them is auto suggestion and the other is affirmation and an affirmation is kind of something where you sit down and you write a sentence using very positive programming words and now we're going to be using that to train our mind over time It's important to write these things out because consistency matters. It's kind of like the golf swing. We want to groove consistent patterns, and we want to work it to have a go-to shot. Well, I call them go-to thoughts. You want to write out your affirmations as your go-to thoughts so we don't have to kind of think about them or come up with them. And we can have a series of things that's moving us in the direction and fueling our confidence. An example is, is I am a confident golfer, let's say. That would be a simple example of an affirmation. Once you've developed some affirmations, put them into a little script that you can say that's going to take about a minute to a minute and a half. And we want to say this every morning and every night or even record it so we have it on a loop that we can be listening to prior to an event. Now, auto suggestion, I'll just give a simple one, is a one suggestion that you say like a mantra over and over. And this was developed back in France by a doctor named Emile Couet, and it had tremendous results. It's still around today. It is every day and in every way I get better and better. Every day and in every way I get better and better. Now this auto-suggestion is a thousand times more powerful than any affirmation you could say because it is developed and crafted in such a way your brain can't reject it. Every day and in every way I get better and better. There's nothing for it to reject, but if I say I'm a confident driver of the golf ball or use standard affirmations, It can hit that wall depending upon our self-image. So this is what I would say is to repeat over and over and over all the time, as much as you can say in the day, at least 10 to 20 times in the morning and night, every day and in every way, I get better and better. 
Imagine how your life would be if your self-image absorbed that idea as your core program. Imagine what your golf game is going to be like, how your practice improves. Every day and in every way, I get better and better. That's huge. I love that one because I've, I've been someone that's always um, prescribed affirmations too because I believe they're huge. But you're right. I mean, there's times where that filter is definitely there. Um, so that's such a good, good suggestion. And then, you know, the big thing is just being relentless about this too. And just really, again, because I just can't stress enough, like you can't just do it once or for a day or for a couple days and it's going to change. So one great example, we'll put this uh, link up. I like to show everybody this video of Floyd Mayweather. You can, um, go onto YouTube and type in Floyd Mayweather self-talk, but it's this video I've shown, probably a thousand times at this point, but it's literally just Floyd, a clip of him, um, you know, during his training and Floyd Mayweather, for those that might not know is uh, considered one of the best boxers of all time. He's undefeated, but the guy doesn't shut up. Like he is constantly, constantly gabbing and talking and it's just all day, every day. And he's just nobody's better than me. Can't no fighter beat me. Can't no fighter beat me. It's like how he starts off. Like he's just constantly like, just drilling like I am the greatest. I am the best. Like Muhammad Ali was another one. Um, you know, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady. I mean, all these guys have very strong um, self images, self affirmation, and just beliefs in themselves, which is which is huge. But they're so relentless about doing that, and it gets to a point where it's just it becomes almost unbreakable. And it's, uh, it's a, it's pretty cool because in, and for the, you know, for golfers too, like you don't have to be outwardly cocky about it. Like you can just do that internally, but you know, having that, like I get better just as a simple affirmation, what you said, and just believing I improve when I do this and I have a great plan to improve, that's going to translate into how you perform on the course. Yeah, and I love how you're saying about the relentlessness of the self-talk. I think it these top performers, all the guys you just mentioned, and I'm sure there's a tremendous amount of female athletes in the same thing at the 1% echelon. What if they're just willing to do it? Right. <laughs> right. Right? Like they're just willing to do it. There's no separation between their brain or different things than you. The difference is, is they're just doing it. Now, I'm going to give you guys a secret here real quick. There are some times in the day to do this that are better than others. And the first 20 minutes and the last 20 minutes of your day are the best time for your affirmations. And the reason is, is for if you're going to use affirmations, you want to stand in front of the mirror, you want to take on your power posture, and you want to speak to yourself with so much authority that it is undeniable. But with those 20 minutes in the morning, our brains are in a receptive state. They're essentially in a self-hypnotic state where you're in a super learning state where your brain is looking for how this day is going to be. It's looking for its direction and it is waiting to be programmed. Most people utilize that first 20 minutes of their day and they don't do anything with it. And it's just a random day on how their day is going to start, if they're going to be productive, if they're happy, or they woke up on the wrong side of the bed. These top performers, they take control of that time in their day and they direct the rudder of their ship and point it to exactly what they want. When their mind is open and receptive in that 20 minutes, they're feeding their affirmations. They're feeding I'm the best in the world. They're feeding that I can do anything, the things of the Floyd Mayweathers, right? And it's going to go into the mind. It's so suggestible at that time that if you did this over a week, you'd see a difference. If you did it over a month, over a year, over a 10-year period, your mind can be conditioned to anything you want it to be. 
And the same thing holds true at the end of your day as your mind's starting to go into relaxation to prepare for sleep. That last 20 minutes of your day is also your window to really program your brain. So write up your affirmation list. Use that time there to your day, every day to your advantage. And then drive in those auto suggestions through the day. And you're going to see such a change that you're not even going to recognize yourself in a few weeks. Right. So a couple things in closing then that I take away from from this is in any walk of of this and getting better at your golf game, you know, we have to embrace some of the things that might seem a little untraditional, like your self-talk, your self-image and, you know, just being really relentless in that. And, but what you said about the awareness, I think is so huge. And, being able to be out there and constantly being aware. So a lot of times players will say, well, I have all this time in between and their thoughts are all over the place and they don't know what to think and or their minds are wandering on score. You know, you can use that time to just like have conversations with yourself, but just being really aware of what is going on and what you're actually saying to yourself. Because again, that 50 to uh, 80,000 thoughts a day, that you were talking about, your mind is always chattering. Like we're, we're not ever quiet minded. So there's thoughts just soaring through your head at that point, but just to stop and take like, just to really be internal and think about what's going on in there and what you're physically saying to yourself and just being aware of it is absolutely huge. And, you know, just sometimes writing that out and writing out some of those, the bad stuff you say to yourself and just replacing it and making a list of just good stuff is uh, to me one of the most important things you can do is just say like I refuse to say these words anymore and this is what they're going to be replaced by and just again taking that stance and saying this is what I'm going to do because again at any level of golf or changing the way you talk to yourself so instead of the I suck like this is what I need to do better you know instead of I hit that so poorly well if I do this on the next one you know this is going to be the result type thing it's so easy to change and it's just it's just the doing it makes the difference like you said is it is it that the best in the world are just willing to do it when some others are not um is really my takeaways from this well i have a nice little another series of magical words that have helped me out tremendously in my own life and it is up until now right so one of my ways I used to reframe things, and I said, oh, man, I'm a terrible driver of the golf ball. I said, oh, wait, up until now, I drove the ball terribly. But going forward, <laughs> I'm doing this. And so I found some ways like that to begin catching myself when I did it and being able to playfully change it. Because you can't get down and hard on yourself if you catch it. But you want to be raising the awareness. Be proud that you can catch and starting to correct the process. Even if you don't shift right away, it's okay. Keep working the steps because you will be able to make changes down the road. I'm just going to say this. You're going to either be your own booster or your own defeater. I remember for a lot of my life, especially through the teenage years, I was my own defeater. It wasn't until I started becoming aware of the way I was thinking and the way I was talking to myself to realize I was creating that experience. And so for in order for the world to change, you got to change internally. So I'd encourage everybody, take that internal look. Start raising your awareness of your thinking and begin reframing and making these shifts. It's going to make such a difference in your life. Real transformation is an inside-out process. So let's start raising the awareness of our thoughts. Look at the types of words that you're saying and then start making some of these corrections. 
I never in a million years thought my life would improve so much from just changing the way I spoke to myself, but literally everything around me began to shift. The same thing is going to occur in your golf game. Take advantage of your morning times. Those 20 minutes changed my life. It'll change your golf game and, and so much more beyond that. And also remember and write down that master program. Every day and in every way, I get better and better. Put it in your yardage book. Write it on your doorknob, right where you're grabbing on the doorknob. Your light switches everywhere you can see it. Embed that into your brain. Make that something you subscribe and live by. And you can, you're just going to be amazed at how much there's good things start flowing you flow towards and things awaken in your game. So definitely take control of your thoughts. It's worth it and you are worth it. Well, all right, John, we will wrap it up there. Uh, very powerful stuff, very powerful closing. And, you know, strive for everybody. Like, if you really want to improve this, then you need to do the stuff that matters and you need to take care of yourself and your self talk. That is huge, whether you're competitive or whether, um, you know, you're just looking to get better. It all starts there. So, great episode. Remember, follow us on Instagram at The Low Show, also Facebook. You can check us out on our website, www.thegolowshow.com. We have some worksheets and exercises for you to get better at this stuff there and help guide you along the way. Remember, we're here to help, so reach out. We want to hear from you. Until then, we'll see you in the next episode.